Welcome to Talking Health Tech. My name is Peter Birch, and this is a podcast of conversations with key players and influencers to promote innovation and collaboration for better healthcare enabled by technology. With me today is Hutan Masani. Hutan is a vet with an MBA from Melbourne Business School. He started his first company when he was 19 and sold it when he was 25. He worked as a management consultant in Ernst & Young, advising companies like BHP, Telstra and Monash University. Today, Hutan is the founder of Clinic Apps, a company that helps practitioners create and manage patient recall, retention and activation campaigns simultaneously across multiple channels. Hutan, how are you doing? Yeah, good. Thank you very much. Good. Thank you so much for joining. It's going to be good to learn a bit more about yourself, Clinic Apps and, and your really interesting career history. Let's kick it off and learn a bit more about yourself. Uh, you know, you've got quite the background. Tell us a little bit more about how you came to to be where you are today, which is founder of Clinic Apps. It was a fun journey, I can say, and a tough one. It was not that easy. I started my first company when I was a student, 19 years old. I started a company in the valuable cards business. We were printing cards that have value in them, like cards with user and passwords and those kind of things. And yeah, it was very successful at the time that there were not many people in the world doing that. So it was fun. Uh, I sold that company, started an MBA in Melbourne Business School after that, and then joined Ernst & Young for, I think, three years of consulting there, being baptized by fire, understanding how the world is working in big corporations. And then I got a very large contract with, with Monash University. It was a very fun business there. It was in kids' education world. We were creating apps and those kind of things. And then after that, I started Clinic Apps. Wow. Excellent. Okay. And so Clinic Apps, tell us a little bit more about that then. What's Clinic Apps? Who's it for? And, and what problem does it solve? Again, you mentioned it in your intro. Many people know us in, for different features that we have. Some people know us for automatic recall systems or reactivation systems. Some, some people know us for our patient forms. There are many different interpretations of our platform. So first thing, who is it for? We are working for rather smaller size clinics. So clinics between two, three practitioners up to 70, 80, 100 practitioners. So any clinic that is larger than that, our product is not really for those markets. It is for that market of under 100 practitioner clinics. Although having said that, we have some larger clinics clients that have more than that. But for those clinics, we create a different instance for them and we work with them to have a bespoke product that matches their needs. But for our general product offering is for those clinics. And what we do is that we are minimizing administrative workload from clinics. So every person in a clinic, if it is a reception desk or front desk or practice manager or the practitioners themselves, they do some work, which is their core work, especially for practitioners, it is clinical work or for admin team and receptionist, it is that patient experience that they are providing. Along with that, on the side, they need to do a lot of work that is really possible to be handled with machines. This is data entry works, automatic communication works, checking in the patient, streamlining communications and communication channels. Those are the things that 
machines are much better than human beings to handle. So that's the part that we are focusing on to make sure that we are liberating those people to do what they do best. That's, I can say, what we do. But there are many different features there that, that make that happen. Interesting. And, and is it used primarily, I know you talk about practitioners and clinics. Are we talking about in a GP setting or predominantly allied or a little bit of both? We definitely have some people in the primary care sector as our clients. Surprisingly, that sector is growing. We are not focusing there. We are focusing on allied health, and that is our main industry we focus on. And and most of the solutions that we bring into the market are targeted to allied health. But we get some clients in in the GP world and even in specialist world, but that hasn't been our focus so far. Mm-hmm. understand. Yeah. And so how does it work then? So it integrates with practice management systems within the... Yes. Yeah. Yes. So the way it works is that you can create something in our system called automation rules. Our system connects with the practice management software and it reads all the data that is in, in practice management software. And then based on those, you can create different rules that you want to happen. To give you some examples, if you have some patient educational material that you want to go out automatically, if you're a practitioner and you want to say, whenever I typed hashtag back pain in my treatment note, uh, I want the patient to receive this PDF and this video that I have created. But not all the patients, I just want the patients who have come and visited me at least two times, I want them to receive that. You can do those kind of automations. Or you want to say, whenever I typed hashtag follow up, the receptionist should be able to get a message and follow up with that patient because I need a, I don't know, x-ray back or not with my typing. So if someone hasn't visited me for more than three months and have no future appointment, contact them and do something. Or when someone cancels an appointment and have no upcoming appointment, or when someone does not show up to to an appointment, do this. Mm -hmm. So basically, you create different automation rules inside the clinic, whether it is internal protocols that are giving tasks to different people inside the clinic, or it has a patient communication element attached to it. It automates all of those and also facilitates a lot of communication. So for example, if you are asking your receptionist to follow up with a patient, the receptionist doesn't need to go and find that patient profile and see what has happened in the past and how can uh, how can they contact that person. All of the information is right there at their fingertip. If they have some template emails or template SMSs, they just with one click, they bring them up, they, they edit them a little bit and they send it out. So it's very convenient for them to, to use this system. That's basically the way that... I can describe Clinic Apps, uh, an automation platform that reduces uh, minimal tasks. There are many other things that we do, like for the patient forms, for automatic check-ins for the patients. For COVID, we have created a very innovative product, which we call it touch-free kiosk, because those old kiosks, people need to go to them. They need to touch them. They need to tell the kiosk who they are. By whatever means, there is some of them ask for a phone number, some of them Medicare number, some of them. So the way that we are doing that is that we already know who the patient is as soon as the patient has arrived to the clinic. And we send 
a message to their phone and what they need to do is just to click I have arrived with absolutely no no other questions asked because no identification is needed because we know who the patient is. So it is very COVID safe. Uh, they can even check in when they are in the parking or, or somewhere outside of the clinic and they don't need to be inside the clinic to check themselves in. That's a very good one that we have created recently. Those kind of things. Yeah, yeah. I, I like the idea of kind of sounds like it's not, not an overlay, but like augmenting the existing process or make, making the existing systems and everything better and connecting things to achieve a certain outcome. So that's, you can certainly see the, the need. Yeah. With automation though, in a clinical setting, you've talked about some really good examples of how it can be done well. On the flip side, what are some things that you, you steer clear of automating? When is it bad? What if we get this thing wrong when it comes to automation in healthcare? That's a very interesting question. And it has two parts. One part is that what is not possible to automate or what could go wrong? So one thing is that we, we are hearing a lot about artificial intelligence and those kind of things that are coming into healthcare. And we worked, uh, as you know, we have a phone mechanism internally and Still, we are far behind of automating a lot of clinical works and automating, you know, those things that really need human beings over there. So I have a lot of good friends and, and we have done a lot and we have very good engineers internally. Those parts that artificial intelligence is trying to work, it is definitely, it's going to come. But solutions are not 100% yet. And what we realize is that, you know, in healthcare setting, you need 100% outcome. Or if it is not 100%, it needs to be better than human beings. And, and we are not really seeing that much of that just yet. It might come in near future. And there, there has been some, some improvements in reading clinical notes and those kind of things. But yeah, too soon. I can think of it like too soon for that to happen. But the mm. other aspect of it is that the type of automations that we do, which are admin works, I can call them le um, less dangerous automations that even if they go wrong, they don't really. I can give you some, uh, some examples of that. So we are working with thousands of clinics and mistakes happen. Like people go and use our system and our system is very flexible. You can do anything with it. So once a week, we get someone that sends a birthday message to the entire population of their <laughs> patients in one day. And like at the time that people do that, it's uh, really shocking, but it's not really that bad. Like it feels dangerous to automate those kind of things. And then something goes wrong and oh, but the reality is the outcome is usually good for the clinics because people understand there has been an IT mistake somewhere and they tend to laugh and many times when these kind of mistakes happen people just pick up the phone and actually book more appointments because they had forgotten that this clinic exists and now they've got a birthday message in a, in a totally irrelevant time yeah it's not as dangerous as it sounds like what will happen if I send a wrong email or wrong sms to my patients really not much wrong can go wrong with that so mm -hmm. it's a interesting world this admin automation part and some some protocols internally when they're automating that after a while they will see oh you know this one is not working for me they can go and just tweak those and change those so it matches better to the internal clinic protocols so i would say these type of automation is very safe to do 
I like the idea of, uh, I think there's going to be a number of clinics now going out there looking for it, like a, a sprint campaign of just messaging everyone saying happy birthday, hoping for a big surgeon appointments. Thank you. Yeah, <laughs> Thanks. That could be a new feature you add in. Um, but <laughs> yeah, looking at your career pathway, I mean, you've had a pretty varied career pathway. You touched on a little bit in your intro there as well. No doubt you would have yeah. learned some lessons along the way. For someone that, that has an entrepreneurial spirit and is in health, care, what would be your biggest bits of advice that you'd provide someone that might be considering a similar path to yourself? Entrepreneurship right now is such a buzz that everyone is just talking about it. And many people, especially those people who are thinking about entrepreneurship, have heard many of those buzzwords like product market fit and all those kind of things. One thing that I can say and I realized was very important for us was managing public relations and understanding that, understanding the value of that, which is very, very important. And it took me a while to learn that lesson and understand that it's not just enough to get the product right, but also it is very important to be able to communicate uh, with your clients in the correct way and create the correct brand image and brand position that you want to have in the market. That is something that I don't see that much in the in the world of entrepreneurship being talked about. And it is very, very important. Sometimes it is more important than product market fit, I can say, because that brand image could help you to correct many mistakes that your product will have. And definitely all products will have. It will take some time for the products to get that 100% fit to the market. And during that time, that brand position that you would have is very important. And one other thing is many times still when I'm creating some new features and I talk with people, they say, oh, if you do that, someone else with deeper pockets and better relationships are going to copy you and are going to do that. So they're going to leave you behind. And why are you doing this? Aren't you afraid? Whenever you feel like that, just think if other people would have thought the same, nothing would have happened. So it is, it is not a good advice. It is do nothing because someone else would do it better than you and you will lose the competition. And this is not the way to think about entrepreneurship. Entrepreneurship needs a, a little bit of, you've got to be a bit crazy. You've got to be a bit, you know, risk-taking and more than necessary optimistic to be able to take a product out into the market. And I always think as well, even if it's usually the people that succeed, they aren't the smartest ones or not even the ones that tried the hardest necessarily, but they had to go and yeah, there was a bit of timing and a bit of maybe a bit of luck in terms of the timing that they came out of that point. But if they didn't come out in the first place and give it a go, then it just wouldn't have happened anyway. So yeah. That, that, is, that is right. You know, we are all just monkeys, you know, <laughs> we cannot get things right at the very first go. Like we try something and then we make mistakes everything that we do if you want to learn golf or if you want to start piano or if you want to bring a new product into the market you can't get it right at the first time you know you cannot just jump into a basketball field and become the best basketball player out there you need practice and make mistakes and learn from those that push and that drive that okay it was wrong let's do it again let's do it again let's get it better let's get it better that will definitely well, I shouldn't say definitely, but 
most probably you will take it to success. Excellent. And speaking of success, thinking then about, say, from a clinician's point of view, or perhaps it's a healthcare provider who might not be using clinic apps just yet, or just looking at how they can automate things or streamline things better in their practice today. What, what would you say are some of the, the things that a clinician or a health practitioner could be doing right away to automate or streamline some processes and communication in their, in their business today? We are working with many clinics, small and large, and each one have their own internal protocols. Most of them are already written down because, for example, when they hire a new receptionist, they have a book or an Excel sheet or something that they're teaching that person, hey, this is how we do things here. That's the best place to start automating. Like, you know, for example, when, when someone cancels an appointment, what you want to do with them or when someone does not show up or when you want to recall or when someone walks into your practice, what are the steps that are happening over there and what parts of the those steps could be automated best so it it provides maximum uh, patient experience for you and reduces admin workload. So just thinking about those procedures, whether they're already written or not, just what is happening right now? Can I take this load off my staff and put that load on a machine in a way that it's going to be even better for the patient experience and it's going to give me more time to do what I'm good at? That's where they can start just by looking around and seeing we have a lot of examples in our system and of course if they book a demo or or have a chat with us we can we can definitely help them with that but that is also not necessary just looking around themselves and seeing okay th- this is something that i'm doing day in day out is there any way to automate that or is there any way to make it easier so if i need to make these five phone calls per day i need to go and search for that and do this and do that is there any system that can just bring them up for me and say hey, you need to make this phone call and i click a button and it's done just looking those routine tasks that are happening day in day out you can think of some of the things that can be automated and that's basically the first place to go i think as well sometimes when you're looking at automating a process or you're doing the same task every single day it can be daunting or it sounds too difficult or too much work to kind of build out a way to automate the entire thing but sometimes just starting with like one small component of it even if it's you know create a shortcut to pull up all of the email addresses at once rather than pulling them out individually or like one small step of it then normally then that can uncover the things that you didn't know that you didn't know if you know what I mean or it gives you another idea on another another way to to automate something so I think yeah getting in there and starting something is exactly um, is, is the way to go that's right to round things out, clinic apps, what's on the horizon for you guys? What's coming up in the future for the next three to six to 12 months? We are GDPR compliant and we are compliant with Australian privacy acts and all those kind of things. But uh, we are uh, really keen to go to the US market. We are getting our work done to be HIPAA compliant too, so that we can go to the US market and serve that market over there, especially right now that we are a lot of telehealth and people are much more tech savvy after covid i think that there is a there is a good opportunity to go into uh, into the us market so that's one thing that we are trying to do the other thing uh, that i'm really passionate about is making communications much easier for overall healthcare practices so right now communication is very scattered, very, very scattered, especially when you add automations into that mix, it becomes even more scattered because, but there are many things that are happening that are not being seen in your 
inbox. They are happening in the background and they are, uh, people cannot see what, uh, what have been the communications there. So one other path that we are going through is to make sure that all communications are very smooth and everything is at fingertip of the correct person. So if, for example, the receptionist wants to send an email address, right now it is taking them I don't know, seven, eight clicks plus some typing. We want to bring that down to one click plus very minimum typing. The same thing with practitioners. We are, uh, but we are not doing it like a general product that is okay. Here, here is the magic that that is there. We are working with receptionists. We are working with practitioners. We are working with practice managers, and we are looking at each individual need for each individual task. And we are thinking, okay, how can we make that particular task better? And because we are working with thousands and thousands of them, we are getting those tasks that are most common among all of them so that we are making sure that that particular task you press i don't know command k and then it's going to do it for you and the task is exactly what you want to do it's not like we are reinventing gmail or something like that totally and i can see a lot of interested clinics in those types of features and it's particularly good that you're you're working with them to develop those enhancements that's always a wise that's way to right. go about it uh, yeah. Vitan, i really appreciate your time i'll put some details of clinic apps in the show notes and what you're working on people can check you out good luck with everything in the future and thank you so much for your time fantastic thank you very much thanks for listening to talking health tech my name is peter birch make sure you go check out our website for all our resources including this podcast and the largest directory of technology solutions available to australian healthcare practitioners today until next time i'm out of here